Well, we are now firmly into winter, and as we do, um, we do a series in winter, and this year we are doing a series on the topic of prayer. And over the next two months, we're going to talk about prayer, and it's not just about what is prayer. Uh, The goal is not to just tell you about prayer, um, how to pray, where to pray, and all those bits and pieces, but um, actually, the goal is by the end of the two months that you would be confident in the way you pray, that you would be regularly engaging in prayer uh, when you're by yourself, but also corporately as well. Um, before we begin, as I do, I always ask my wife, uh, Mel, Pastor Mel, to come and pray over our new series, so I'm going to ask her to come and do that for us. Okay, church, let's pray. Um, Lord, as we commit this new series into your hands, we ask that um, as Pastor Steve uncovers and teaches on prayer, that we as a church would draw closer to you, um, that our relationship will be deepened and strengthened and renewed in you through uh, the next eight weeks. Lord, I pray that you will teach us to pray, teach us to be intimate and um, deeply desiring of you. We pray that you will uh, speak faithfully through Pastor Steve and that you will give him greater wisdom in what it means to be a prayerful person. So Lord, we lift up this series into your hands. Would you bless it? Would you use it? Would you make it holy um, and fruitful? Um, We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, let's start with a short video. What is prayer? Stale tradition. Ritual. A good luck charm. Part of some religious checklist. Done to appease a higher being so we can get what we want. Or at least avoid the lightning bolt. Prayer has been redefined and twisted and confused. But at its essence, prayer is simply talking to God the God who spoke the universe into creation, who gives us life and breath, who holds all things together. This God wants us to talk to him in the vastness of all that exists. He actually cares about us personally, individually. How can we not pray to such a loving God wherever we are? How can we not thank him for what he's done or cry out when we need help, when we need forgiveness, when we're afraid, when we give thanks for our blessing or question where our next meal will come from? Why would we live a life apart from him? It's not about formula. How could any posture or well-chosen word impress the author of time and space? It's simple obedience. God has made himself available to us. He wants to hear from us. He wants us to trust in him, to acknowledge our dependence on him, to draw near to the one who loved us first. Approaching with confidence because Christ has torn away the veil. He's washed away the sin that kept us from his presence. And we live in relationship with our Lord. And so we ask that his kingdom come, 
His will be done on earth and in our lives as it is in heaven. That is prayer. Amen. That's the end of the sermon. It's pretty good, eh? <laughs> what is prayer? As the video said, prayer is simply talking to God. God who created the universe and everything in it. God who created you and I. God who is still in control of all things. Prayer is when we speak to him. We pray out aloud. We can pray in our hearts. Um, we can pray formally. We can pray conversationally. No real formula in what our prayers should sound like. Uh, in the Bible, every time someone is speaking to God, that is what we would say is prayer. Here's a quote, prayer is the communication of the human soul with the Lord who created the soul. Psalm 142, verse 1 to 3, I cry out loud to the Lord. I lift up my voice to the Lord for mercy. I pour out before him my complaint. Before him I tell my trouble. When my spirit grows faith within me, it is you who watch over my way. Psalm 63, one, you, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you, I thirst for you, my whole being longs for you. In a dry and parched land where there is no water, whatever is on our hearts, when we communicate that to God, that is prayer. But prayer is not just communication to God, but actually prayer is also communion with God. It's the being with God. God. It's not just about what I say to God. It's not just about that conversation, but it's actually about the conversation itself, that we are together, that we are with God. I think if we stop at, at prayer just being speaking to God, then it feels like it's just a one-way channel. It's just a, a, an email or a text that we don't actually get anything back. But, but when we pray, we are engaging not just in communication with God, but also communion with him not just doing but actually being with god here's another quote our communion with god consists in his communication of himself to us with our return to him of that which he requires and accepts flowing from that union which is christ jesus we have with him the being with him 1 John 5.14, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him. 1 Peter 5.7, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. That's amazing. If prayer is just about us speaking to God rather than being with God, then what we do is we reduce God down to just someone who listens and responds rather than someone we are engaging in relationship with. You know, when we speak to our friends and when we have conversations with our friends, it's not just about what you say to your friend, right? It's about actually being with your friend, being in relationship with your friend. Why? Because we care. We care for that person that we, relationship, uh, that we have a relationship with, right? And so not only do we speak to them, but we listen, we converse, and we respond 
right? It's not just the communication, but it's the communion. It's the relationship that we have, right? Do you know when you go to McDonald's, right, your conversation with the person who's taking your order has none of that, right? Have you ever thought about your conversation with the person that's serving you at McDonald's? You just order, right? Hi, how can I help you? Hi, I'd like a Big Mac, large fries, large Coke, 10 nuggets, sweet and sour sauce, chocolate sundae, flake in it, apple pie, maybe three quarter pounders on top of that, right? You, you communicating an order and that's it. Right? That's communication. But prayer cannot be like that. Our prayer to God cannot be, God, I would like a Big Mac, large fries, large Coke. Because there's no relationship in that. I think that's one of the most misunderstood ideas about prayer is prayer is not pure communication, but actually is about communion with God about you and God being together. And when you sit on this and when you realize this, it's not just about us talking, but it's about us being, then it changes the way we see prayer. D.A. Carson, a famous Christian author, writes, effective prayer is the fruit of a relationship with God, not a technique for acquiring blessings. Three things that we need to know about prayer. Number one, prayer is personal. Prayer happens in the confides of a personal relationship that you have with God. And that's why your prayer and someone else's prayer is going to sound different. What you pray for, how you pray, is going to sound different to the way that I pray and what I'm praying for. Why? Because you and I are different. Yes, God's the same. But my relationship with God is different to your relationship with God. Every person is that prayer is not just a religious ritual carried on at church, and it's not just, just some generic verse that you quote. Real prayer comes out of real relationship that you have with God. Jeremiah 29 12. When you call on me and come and pray to me, I will listen to you. 1 John 3 1. See how great a love the, the Father has given us that we would be called children of God. It's a personal relationship. With God, it's a, it's a conversation that comes out of that relationship. So it means three things, right? Three dot points, right? It means this. Number one, you can speak your mind honestly. I don't know if you've ever done this, but I've been angry at God. I've uh, been upset at God. Why? Because I, that's just where I was at. Uh, this one's a bit dangerous, but I've, uh, I've sworn at God. I know. Sorry. Um, why? Because, because in that situation, that's where I was. Right? Imagine you had a friend and every conversation that you had with them was just you agreeing to everything that they said. Right? That's not a relationship. You're not being honest. You're not being real. Right? But when we believe that uh, prayer is a personal conversation that comes out of the relationship, you are allowed to be honest and you are allowed to speak your mind because that's actually what God desires. God desires for you to be honest. God desires for you to open up to Him. Secondly, your prayers can change. Imagine the same friend came to you and every conversation that you had was the same script as if they were selling you something on the phone. Right? Right? Because 
the, the prayer, prayer is a, a conversation that comes out of a personal relationship, if you're having the same conversation with someone or if you're having the same conversation with God, it kind of doesn't make sense because we change. Our lives change. What we go through changes. And yet sometimes it's like, uh, here's the script, God. I'm just going to say line one, two, and four today. But because it's out of a personal relationship, our prayers represent our relationship. And here's the reality. If your prayer, if your prayers sound the same they were a week ago, a month ago, a year ago, I would question, is your relationship with God actually moving? Is it alive? Is it living? Because either you're not being honest or there is no relationship. And I think that's the reality. Thirdly, out of the personal conversation, that is prayer, you need time to speak and time to listen. It's not just a one-way conversation. That's it. If you get stuck with just being communication, 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 right, you're going to get stuck. But if you understand that it's communion with God, that it's us being with God, then you need to give time for God to speak to you. So that's the first one. Prayer is personal. Second one we need to understand, prayer is powerful. Psalm 107 reads this, Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad that the waters were quiet, and He brought them to their desired haven. James 5.16, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. You know, when we read Scripture and when people, there are so many examples of how people reach out to God in prayer in times of distress and trouble, and God saves them. God answers that prayer. God heals them. God provides for them. But what is it that makes prayer powerful? Is it the way we pray? Is it the words we use? Is it, is, it, is it like who we are? No. It's God. The reason why prayer is powerful is because what it does is we communicate and have communion with God and we invite God into our lives. God Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth, his power becomes accessible and available to you. You know, remember, God is the creator of the universe. He's the one that tells the skies, you know, stars go here, moon goes here, sun goes here. He's the giver and the taker of life. Why is prayer powerful? It's because when we pray, we engage with the power of God. And I'm going to come back to this one at the end. Thirdly, prayer is supernatural. Uh, the term supernatural is an attribution to some force beyond scientific understanding or the laws of nature. For something to be supernatural, it cannot be explained in day-to-day science, day-to-day rationale. Right? Sometimes I think my children are supernatural. I don't understand why they cry. Why are you cry? Are you hungry? Are you sad? Right, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna put her on the spot. But especially my daughter, I don't know. Maybe I don't want to say it's because I don't understand. I, maybe women are supernatural, <laughs> right? Not my wife. Ah. <laughs> uh, my wife and I have a little battle going on about who is, who is uh, more cuter to each other. So, 
and just you know. <laughs> Sometimes, like you know, right? But to be supernatural, it's like explain it. I can't explain it. That's what it means to be supernatural. And sometimes when we think of the supernatural, sometimes we become a little bit scared. We, we sometimes start thinking, oh, it's a bit mystical. It's really mysterious, right? But, you know, if we just understand the definition of what supernatural is, that it's beyond scientific understanding, and if, you, if we think that prayer is communication and communi- communion with God, then automatically you've got to understand prayer is supernatural. How do you explain to someone on the street my, I am praying to God. How is that scientifically proven? How is that rationally understood? It is completely not. And so you need to understand, you need to understand that when we pray, we are engaging in supernatural activity. Prayer is not normal. Prayer is not something that, that you get taught in primary school. It's not a worldly activity that can be explained by the world, but it is truly a God thing. James 5.13, If anyone among you is, in, is anyone among you in trouble, let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each person and the prayer of each so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. I think sometimes... I'll come back to this. Okay. Sorry. Just organizing my thoughts. Prayer is supernatural. When we engage with God, it is supernatural. It's not something that we can... You know, there's no scientific formula for it. Now, while, while introducing prayer, and today is the introduction, and then next week we're going to talk about um, the posture of prayer, and then the last six weeks we're actually going to go through the model of prayer that Jesus gives to us in the Lord's Prayer, and we're going to go through each of those bits to help us how to pray. But I think there's two issues that we have with prayer that stop us from engaging in the way that God wants us to engage with Him. And I want you to hear these, and I want you to really think about because I would say most of us in this room, we pray, right? Now, what form, shape, size, when you pray, you know, it's all different. But I would say most of us in this room would engage in prayer. But I want to challenge you with two ideas. Firstly, it's the idea of communion with God. I think sometimes we get too caught up in our Christian lives about this idea of what I need to do for God. And we have made our Christian lives about doing and doing and doing. And if I do it, God will be happy. But if I don't do it, then God will not be happy. Right? So that's the thing. When we understand prayer to just be communication and not communion, then our focus can be wrong. If we fail to realize that prayer comes out of relationship, then we literally treat prayer like a vending machine that we go to when we want things. God, I need this. God, I want this. I want this new job. I want this raise. I want this girlfriend or boyfriend. I want to get married. Right? Or we treat, or we treat prayer like a hospital when we get hurt. 
or we're in trouble. God, help me. How many times, right? Like, let's be honest, right? I'll be honest. Before every exam, Lord, if you just help me pass, I will, I will do everything for you. You know, like, yeah, let's be honest, right? So many times, that's, but so many times, that's how we've treated, or that's, it's like God is some magical genie. That's how we treat him because it's just about communication and actually not about communion. And the problem is when we treat God like that and when we use prayer like that, what happens is that we get upset when God doesn't respond or when God doesn't give us what we're asking for. But when we understand that prayer is not just communication but also communion, then our focus goes from doing to being. And the greatest thing that we can gain from our time in prayer is not what God can give to you. The greatest thing that we gain when we pray is God himself. Communion with God. The invitation of God into our lives. God is greater than anything and everything that you need. I promise you, Anything that you ask God for, that you think that you need in your life, is nothing compared to God himself. Because this goes back to why we pray. We don't pray. Like if your prayers is because, if you pray because you need stuff, right? Then you know what? God could say yes to everything. And I'm telling you, you still feel empty. The reality of who we are as human beings is that we can seek and search for everything and anything in this world. And you know what? We could gain everything in this world, but I promise you, you will still feel empty at the end of the day. Because there is something about us and our, and our shortfall that we need something bigger than what is available in this world. And that's God. There is nothing in this world that is more valuable than being in relationship with God himself, being in communion with God. And yet, because we fail to see that prayer is communion with God, what we do is we sell ourselves short. And we start asking for stuff when what is really on offer is God himself. It's not just communication, but it's communion. The second thing that I want to challenge you with is the idea that prayer is supernatural. Here's the thing. When we don't understand that and recognize that prayer is supernatural, then what we do is we pray to God in our own limitations, our own box, right? Our prayers become limited to what we know, what we can imagine, what we can be creative with. And yet, and yet, and yet, when we realize that actually the idea of prayer is supernatural outside of this world, that God is beyond our limitations, beyond our world, we are allowed to pray for things that actually don't make sense. We are actually allowed to pray for things that are beyond our own understanding or comprehension. Why? Because... Our God is a supernatural God. Our God is beyond what anyone in this world 
can give or offer. But, but that's when we realize that true power, power in prayer comes because God is powerful. Right? Um, Jeff, what's his name? Jeff, Jeff Bezos. Is that how you say it? Jeff Bezos? My brother's nodding. Thank you. Uh, Jeff Bezos is the founder of Amazon. Uh, I looked it up on Google. Uh, he is worth uh, a little $148 billion. Now, I try to think about what $148 billion you can do with $148 billion. You can buy probably three houses in Sydney. <laughs> right? Nice houses, right? He's, you know, he's like one of the richest guys in the world, right? Now, if you ever had a chance to meet Jeff, uh, that'd be pretty cool. But if you ever met Jeff and Jeff said to you, you know what, I like you. I like you. Ask me something and I'll give it to you. Ask me for something and I'll give it to you, right? And, um, you know, what you ask for actually depends on how much you think Jeff is worth. Do you know that? Um, If you didn't know if if it was Jeff Bezos, right? If you didn't know he was worth $148 billion, right? And you just knew someone said, hey, this guy, he's really rich, but he wants to give you something. And you say, okay, well, I want to buy a house in Sydney. All right? He goes, okay, I'll give you $3 million. Cool. You can buy a house, Pimble, Taramara. That's probably about it. Ride, right? Think about it, right? Think about this. If you ask Jeff Bezos for $3 million, right, do you think that's a good request? Right? On one side, you go, yeah, that's heaps good, right? But if you understood that he was worth $148 billion, and I calculated this, right, because I'm a stats guy, right? That's 0.00002% of his worth. Do you know what $3 million to Jeff Bezos is, right? Jeff Bezos is walking, right? It's not even drops a five-cent coin. He drops a toothpick, right? Jeff, Jeff drops a toothpick for Jeff to stop and pick up the toothpick and use it, it has cost him $3 million of his time, right? Actually, it's better for Jeff to just keep walking and someone else to give him a toothpick, right? Something like that, right? And yet, Jeff Bezos cannot give to us cannot come even close to giving to us what is available from our God. But let me ask you, what are you praying for? Right? Here's the funniest prayers, right? God, right? And you you all understand this, right? God, help me pass this exam, right? God, help me find parking in front of church today. (laughs) Right? Right? You know, maybe, okay, let, let's go up a level. God, I really like her. Help her to like me back to just blind her. I don't know what you need to do, right? You know, God, I really, really need to pass my driving exam, right? I'll do anything, right? All right, that's, you know, let's go one more level, right? God, I'm sick. God, help me to find a doctor that can heal me. God, financially I'm broke. Help me to find a job. Here's the thing. When you don't see God as being God, 
and God being um, supernatural and really knowing what's on offer. And I'm not saying that because God is big, you need to ask for more. Actually, that is what I'm saying. God is big, and yet we ask him for crumbs. You think that God can't heal people? No, God can heal people. Bible is all about God is a healer. You think God can't give life? God can give life. He's the giver and taker of life. You think God can't make your path straight? You think God can't deal with your family problems? You think God can't deal with your loneliness? No, God can deal with all of that. Actually, it's because we don't believe that, that we don't pray to God. It's because we don't believe that God can do these amazing supernatural things that we don't pray. Supernatural prayers. Seriously, for some of us, the best our prayers get is, God, help me make my train this morning. Like, that's the best it gets, right? And I understand city rail, it needs help. I understand that, right? When we start to understand that our prayers are supernatural because God is supernatural, our prayers change. Your prayers change. What you ask for changes and can change. We used to have this uh, thing that we used to do called the impossible prayer. Uh, in your life groups this week, that's, that's one of the questions, right? What's your impossible prayer? If you could pray for anything, if you could pray for anything, what would it, what would it be that you would pray for? Money? Education? Relationship? What would it be? If you could pray for anything, what would it be? And the point is this, we don't. Because we fail to recognize that God is big as he is. Ephesians 3, 20, 21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. To him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. See, friends, prayer is not just communication, but is communion with God. It's an invitation for God to be a part of our lives. It's about being in relationship, not just doing things for the sake of a relationship. Prayer gives us access to his supernatural power that allows us to seek supernatural things. Don't limit prayer to a wish list for things that you could buy if you won the lotto. Don't limit prayer. Don't sell yourself short because what is on offer is the presence of God, something that cannot be redeemed in this world. That's prayer. So throughout this series, we're not just going to learn about prayer, but we're going to actually start practicing prayer. And we come down to this point, why do we need to pray? It's because in the, in the deepest parts of our soul, we have an emptiness that cannot be satisfied with anything in this world. It can only come from our Creator, and that is God.
Next week, we're going to hand out prayer cards. I'm going to invite you to write prayer topics. And as a church, we're going to pray for these things. But today, where I want to land is this. We just need to start by being in communion. It said, I don't want you to walk out of here thinking, okay, Pastor Steve gave me five things that I need to say. One, two, three, four, five, done. All right? It's about this. God, I'm here. God, I'm praying not just to communicate, but I want to be in communion. I want to be in communion with you. So why don't we begin our prayer journey this winter in a time of prayer? Let's pray.